again. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to episode 15 of The Unmade Bed. I'm Adrian, that's Bree. Say hello, Bree. Hello, Bree. Uh, if you were listening last week, we actually promised something that, uh, if you remember me from radio, something that I never used to really like to do, which was show prep. So um, this could actually have some structure to it, this one. Slightly. Slightly. We'll see how it goes. Right, so we want to look back at the year that was 2022. Um, let's start off with um, sport. Yes. Uh, a highlight of the year in sport for you? Oh, I think we should probably start off with your highlight of the year, which is pretty obvious. Well, yes and no. I mean, yes, obviously Geelong winning the Premiership was a, was a big highlight of the year, but I should also put in an honourable mention for Hobart hosting an Ashes test for the first time back in January. Yeah. Which was a huge event. Um, great to see um, as many people there as, as there was, and I think proving that... Um, Bell Reef does deserve to host test matches more often than not. So rather than being something which is completely forgotten about for a couple of years, and then, oh, yeah, let's chuck Hobart a, you know, a token test match against Afghanistan or someone equally as not good. Yeah. Although that's... that being said, I'm not sure you can class the West Indies and South Africa as being good at the moment. It's not going terribly well for them. No, I didn't really watch any of it, but I probably didn't really have to to, no. <laughs> to figure that one out. Yeah, uh, uh, just a, just a real big gulf in just ability, basically. Yes. Mm. So sporty wise, things that uh, floated your boat. Oh look, I looked. At, I think the the Sydney Swans did pretty well in the AFL. Um, you know, obviously without actually winning the flag. Mm. Um, I think we had a very very good year with a lot of very good young players doing very well, Chad Warner being the mm-hmm. probable standout. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm happy to see what happens next year. Mm. And probably the other one would be going going all the way back to the start of the year would be Ash Barty winning the ah, Australian yes. Open. Yes, it's uh, really not going to... Well, I'm sure that um, sure that Channel 9's freaking out this year because I don't know that they're going to have any Aussies left in the second week to build all their promos around. Well, it's, I guess probably the one obvious one would be Nick Kyrgios, um, mm-hmm. who on form should make, make it to the, second, it to week. the second week, mm-hmm. however, given given uh, the erratic nature of his career. Mm-hmm. It's certainly not a given, but also given that the media doesn't like him particularly mm. much, then mm. <laughs> if that's all they have to hang their hat on. Mm. Uh, Dimonor might be worth a look. Oh look, he's he's doing well. He was, I mean, he was ranked better than Kyrgios mm. most of the year. So mm. we certainly got some good young, mm. um, particularly in the men. I mean, in the, in the women's too. Mm. Um, Daria Gavrilova was did a, was doing very well at the back end of twenty twenty two. So mm-hmm. oh, sorry, her, her name's what's her name? Daria Savile now, whatever it is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she's gone with a married name. I can't remember yeah. it. But <clears throat> um, so both in the men's and the women's, there's some. Mm. You know, no one is quite as good as Ash Barty, but, um, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. Um, during this week, Novak Djokovic uh, re-entered Australia for the first time since the last time, and basically nobody noticed. I think there was more journos at the airport than there was fans. Yeah, I think. It's... Look, he, he was never, he's not necessarily a well-liked, you know. I mean, you can't deny that he's one of the, the best tennis players of, of all time. Correct. 
it's very it would be very stupid to try and deny that mm. um he's not necessarily a very well liked person mm-hmm. in the way that you know Federer and even Rafa Nadal mm-hmm. is um you know and certainly now he's got his contingency of anti-vaxxers who who think he's some sort of poster child when I don't really think that was ever his intention no um <clears throat> and I guess you know it's look at I, I have no problem with it he was he was he was never he was never deported from Australia. He just simply was had his visa cancelled and was yeah. told to to bugger off. Yeah. So, you know, people mm. people are able to re-enter Australia all the time after that. Yeah, tomato, tomato, kind of. Yeah, yeah it's mm. you know, I don't think he's necessarily been given special treatment. Mm. Um, so you know, I think it's better to have him here. Really, I, I think you know, keeping keeping him out, you know, was not really. Mm. A good plan. So, mm. Hmm. Hmm. Um, any other sort of news slash politics highlights or lowlights? Well, obviously we've had a change of government we in twenty twenty two. Yes, we managed to uh, get rid of uh, the Liberal National Coalition and install a Labor government. Um, closer to home, once again this year, Tasmania's changed premiers midstream. Yes. So uh, Peter Gutwin, who only took over a couple of years ago when um, Hodgman retired, now Gutwin's retired as well, and the Crown went to Jeremy Rockcliffe, who a couple of years ago mustn't have dreamed that he was going to be Premier of Tasmania by now. No, wouldn't have thought so. Yes, it's it's and uh, Gutwin has said in interviews sort of when he announced he was leaving and since that he was just burnt out. And I think that's why um, Tasmania at the next state election is going to go back to 35 members in the lower house because if there's one thing that cutting the size of parliament down to 25 has done, it's just too much work for too few people to take on. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It's mm. just yeah, it's just ridiculous. I mean, you know, when you've had guys like Adam Brooks even having a ministry, then the mm. <laughs> you go, okay, well, that's uh, we're really sort of struggling for talent here that is mm. actually in parliament so mm. it just it, it allows people to uh, get, be elected and not necessarily have to take a ministry on straight off the bat correct um and actually you know get some experience up before they do that and to not have people in multiple ministry roles necessarily well, well that's the thing i mean rockcliffe is not just the <laughs> premier he's still the minister for health yeah and how's that going you're not very uh, fucking well <laughs> So it's a lot to take on. It's too much. Mm. Yeah, and he's misjudged that he should have actually passed that on. Mm. But anyway, I guess who too? You know, mm-hmm. we, <laughs> there's not a not a great amount of talent there in the. Uh, it's the, in the, the pool is not terribly deep. No, it's kind of like kiddie pool deep at the moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, personal highlights. I guess we probably would both have the same personal highlight this year in that. After three years of not being able to, due to various restrictions, we managed to get away to our favourite places, Singapore and Thailand. That's right, yes. Hooray. Yeah. And it went uh, surprisingly well and... and uh, No controversy, no... No delays, no issues. Lost baggage. No lost baggage, none of that. Yeah, I'll give you the tip though, folks. We flew with Singapore Airlines... So maybe you need to start looking at the reputation of your carriers before you start 
you know, flying three quarters of the way to Bali and then coming back because Jetstar. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yes. Yeah. I do feel sorry for those people, but. But yeah, no, it was great to get back to Thailand, particularly mm. who, you know, were very hard hit with, with COVID restrictions, mm. mm-hmm. um, you know, spe- specifically, you know, islands like Koh Samui, which is basically, you know, the, their, their entire whole, economy is built on tourism. Most of their economy is built on on tourism, so it was nice to, to get back there and support the, the local economy, mm-hmm. um, and particularly given that Thailand, at the start of the year, just suddenly decided to make marijuana legal, um, which was something that I don't think anyone was expecting, mm-hmm. um, given that there were people literally at the time they announced that sitting in jail mm-hmm. for uh, marijuana offences, which mm-hmm. they were thankfully all pardoned and let go. Mm. Um, at the same time, um, and now tar- yeah, Thailand seems to be uh, wanting to build a, a tourism slash uh, a general health kind of mm. uh, economy mm-hmm. um, with with marijuana. They're kind of pushing it as a as a health thing, mm-hmm. sort of less as a recreational thing. However, mm. being you know the recreational thing is is still coming through because the the laws in typical Thai fashion. Are not particularly strong mm-hmm. in terms of who can sell it and mm. who can do what. So, mm. and if you're wondering whether Brie partook, she certainly did. Yes, certainly mm. did. Yes. <laughs> so did I to an extent. I was fed a couple of what was supposed to be hash brownies. Yeah. Brownies that had marijuana in them. Either they had no marijuana in them, or it doesn't affect me because nothing happened. Yeah. Yeah the, yeah, the edibles were not... Uh, the edibles were And that's, I guess, the problem with a, uh, a very new industry is that it's um, not only not regulated in terms of who's selling it, but mm. also not regulated in terms of what's necessarily in it mm. <laughs> and mm. the kind of the bang for your buck you might get. <laughs> so <laughs> Bang for your buck, that's a good analogy. Yeah. Um, low lots of the year. Um, I guess from a personal perspective, the... Um, a couple of weeks ago when I had COVID, it was just torture, basically. Just having to cough all the time, um, just feeling tired, the worst sore throat I've ever had in my entire life. Um, yeah, know, well, I, would... I was the one who brought it back, and, yeah. and I guess I'm, a, I'm of two minds of it because I'd, I'd been over and gone to my first music festival in since COVID times. Mm-hmm. Which was great. Spent some time with my friends, um, you know, mm. um, in, in in Melbourne. So um, that was that was great fun. But then I came back with COVID, which was a bit less fun. Yeah, risk versus reward. <laughs> risk versus reward. I, I think for me it was probably worth it. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was probably going to happen eventually. So mm. uh, while I was looking up things that happened this year, um, it was noted back in March that worldwide deaths from COVID passed the 6 million cases mark, which is a terrible milestone to reach. However, I then went up and had a look at what the plague, the Black Death, did in um, the 14th century. And believe it or not, it is estimated that the Black Death between, I think, 1348 and 1354 killed between 75 and 200 million people. Yeah. Um, at the time, around 1340 AD, the global population was about 443 million, so they estimate. Um, and by the time it got to the year 1400, it had dropped back to about 350 to 375 million. And most of those deaths 
had to be attributed to the plague. So um, you may have seen some commentary uh, while COVID has been going on saying, oh, well, you know, COVID's terrible, but it's not the plague. Well, that's to give you an example of how seriously bad the plague was to literally spread around the entire known world at the time. Absolutely. I mean, the problem with the plague is that it was spread uh, primarily with fleas. Yeah. And And pretty much all cities in the world were flea-ridden. Yeah. Um, and they had no idea about hygiene or, mm. or any of those kind of things. Mm. Um, so they had no chance to, to, to really contain it in, in any any great fashion. So, mm. Mm. Was there anything else from 2022 that you wanted to give a shout-out to? Um, no, look, 2022's been... Uh, better than 2021. Better than 2021. Um, you know, it's... Been, yeah, it's been nice that the, the world's opened up a bit more. Mm. Again, I, uh, I mean, you know, COVID's still around. Let's, let's not forget that, and mm-hmm. let's not forget that people are still still dying from yeah. it. People like to think that it's uh, that it's over, but it's mm. but it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, um, yeah, it's I guess it's been it's been a year. So. Mm. Moving on to music then, you're probably wondering what we've got up our sleeve given that um, it's another week where the ARIA chart never used to be published coming up to New Year. So again, I did my research and came up with the number one songs for each year of the 1980s in Australia. Yeah. The number one selling song. Yeah. Just before that, I'll just... You you don't have a lot of interest in the current charts nope. and haven't seen them. I just how many songs? So they've just published the uh, the, the the last chart of the yeah. year, which uh-huh. is technically as ending the second uh-huh. of January. Yeah. How many Christmas songs do you think are in the top ten for the last week of the year? Well, I think the other week, it's, I think we counted about four. Yeah. I'm going to say that the entire top ten is made up of nine Christmas songs plus Taylor Swift. No, ten Christmas songs. Really? The whole top ten is all Christmas songs. Not even, no, no, no Taylor, no Taylor. No Taylor, Tay, Tay has been uh, shuffled out Oof. because people were too busy streaming Christmas songs. Yes, and of course the godmother of them all being all And the number songs. one, as, yes, is yep. still Mariah Carey. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Long Mashy Rain. Yes. All right, let's have a look at what was number one for each year of the 1980s, starting in 1980. And the number one song for the year was, well, we claim them as being Australian, but they weren't really. Split Ends, I Got You, one of the all-time greats. 1981, another group that I think gets called Australian, but originally from New Zealand, The Swingers, Counting the Beat. Yeah. You remember that one? I'd certainly do. da di da la da di da la da di Anyway, right. Yeah. Um, by the time we get to 1982, it was Eye of the Tiger by Survivor. Yeah. And not to be outdone. 1983, a song that probably wouldn't get played on the radio anymore because we've come a long way since 1983, but the number one song of that year was Australiana by Ostentatious. Yeah. Have you ever heard it? I yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, it's the calling it a song is is yeah yeah it's yeah certainly when it did come out there was an edited version that radio could play but um, the the original uh, just just would not pass muster in the twenty first century. 
just no way. Nineteen eighty four. Now nineteen eighty four is interesting because the number one song of the year never actually made it to number one on the charts. Uh, Bruce Springsteen, "Dancing in the Dark," hmm. never actually made it to number one for any given week, but it was around for so long that it ended up being the number one selling song of the year. Mm. Uh, nineteen eighty five. Uh, we are the world, USA for Africa. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Let's move on. Nineteen eighty six. Diana Ross, "Chain Reaction." Okay, yeah. Thanks to the BGs for helping her with her comeback. 1987, it was Kylie, Locomotion. Yeah. Yes, you couldn't escape her back then. Uh, 1988, I've Had the Time of My Life, Bill Medley, Jennifer Warns from Dirty Dancing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, then in 1989, Madonna. He's back in the news lately for wearing lingerie and everyone's going, please stop. Yeah. Yeah, like oh, a and please, please stop doing whatever you're doing to your face. Because, yeah. Uh... Yeah, so Like a Prayer was um, the number one song of 1989. There was a whole lot of stories about what appeared to be botched face jobs this week. There was something yesterday about Paula Abdul having a photo taken of her that's meant to be of her, but everyone's going, dude, that's not you. Yeah. Yeah. Look, it's, I mean, photos can be deceptive and she's... With filters and everything. Filters and all all the rest of it. I don't know that she's had all, you know, it certainly didn't look bad. It was Mm. just... Just a bit odd, that's all. Yeah, the one that looked bad was Simon Cowell. As like, dude, what have you done? (laughs) You know, when your face is more silicone than face, you do have to question it. But um, I think during the week there was, I saw Sam Newman on TV somewhere. Now, there is a guy that has had his eyes pulled so far that it's just the amount of work that's gone into his face to keep him looking young and radiant when he's anything but. He was just out of control. Shame they couldn't do the same thing to his brain. Yeah, well, that much is true. Um, Anything else you want to mention um, before we call it quits for this week? Um, No, I can't think of anything. Um, Mm -hmm. I wish everybody a uh, happy... And safe new year. Yeah, safe new year, whatever. Mm -hmm. Actually, something. I'll... Actually, no. Go out, go out and drink copiously and pass out somewhere would be uh, my my suggestion. Something I will mention that occurred to me today was, um, I think we've been fatality free on the roads in Tasmania. Not for the year. Not for the year, but Certainly. over the festive period. Okay, right, right, yep. But the number of people on the mainland that have drowned over the festive season have gone to the the beach or wherever and drowned made me think maybe we need to start looking at drowning death tolls the same as we look at um, driving death tolls. Mm, well, there's one in Tasmania too. Yeah. Yeah, he went out to try and get his boat that had floated off and mm. must have hit his head and, uh, yeah, not, not a yeah not a good decision. Not, it, was, it was in a lake. It was not, you know. Yeah. Mm. But um, uh, people, it's, it, the sea, the ocean tends to be deceiving for a lot of people. If it looks calm on top and you think, oh, yeah, yeah, I can do that, I consume a bit. But sometimes swim, being able to swim a bit does not pass muster in some pretty treacherous conditions out there. So Look, yeah, I grew up on the beach. Mm-hmm. Um, I consider myself to be a pretty good swimmer i know mm-hmm. how to to read the the beach and mm-hmm. and, and spot spot a rip mm. um but i you know i certainly would not 
be going, you know, going out into deep water unnecessarily, especially not alone, mm. um, without you know people around to yeah to look out for you. It's I, I, like I don't know what drives some people's decision making mm. or lack thereof. I guess maybe, but uh, yeah, mm. I, I guess probably being having grown up by the beach and having gone to school by the beach it's always been drummed water safety yeah. has been absolutely yeah. drummed into us it it, always, it does tend to seem to be people who are not it's not australian really, born or from or not used to you know not yeah people uh, um, people from say african or middle eastern backgrounds or or have come from um, Southeast Asia, um, I think they make up a unusually large part of the those that die from drowning in Australia because it's just people that just have never really seen the ocean or been in the ocean and just don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah. Swim between the flags, people. Swim. Swim between, between the, the flags. flags. You know, it doesn't matter if you, you're a good swimmer or not. Just just do it. It's and you've got someone watching your back. And if you're like me, don't go in the ocean at all, because that's where sharks live. Yeah. Mm. But I'm a bit of a wuss. Yes. Yes. Well, yeah, you know. <clears throat> yeah. Good good swimmer, I would not uh, be on your resume. Nope. Nope. Okay, well, that just about takes it out to full time for this year, for 2022, the year that we decided to do the Unmade Bed. What was one episode has turned into 15. So for those of you that have been along for the journey, thank you. We're not sure why you are, but um, we do appreciate it. Look, yes, it's, uh, hopefully we get a little bit better every time we do it. So. Yeah. Yeah. And if you want to send us any sort of suggestions or fan mail, unmadebed22 at gmail.com. Yeah. Okay, well, on that note, we might close it off. It's a good night from me. Say good night, Bree. Good night, Bree. And we'll catch you again in 2023 for the Unmade Bed. (laughs)